This is Echo Zoe Radio, episode 164 for December 2021, with Andrew Rappaport, Fred Butler, the 2021 Roundtable. Welcome to Echo Zoe Radio, the podcast outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries, where you'll hear about important topics affecting the church today. Our primary goal is to explore a variety of issues while remaining faithful to God and His Word. Stay with us for the next hour as your host, Andy Olson, shares his conversation with this month's guest. Here's your host, Andy Olson. I'm Andy Olson. Thanks for listening to Echo Zoe Radio. This is episode 164 for December 2021. Andrew Rappaport and Fred Butler return for our fourth annual roundtable discussion. The way these work is that Andrew and Fred join in for a more informal discussion on various topics from the previous episodes in 2021. I've been talking a lot about the locals community on our show intros lately. There continues to be more content going up. Most of it is in front of the paywall with promo codes still going up regularly for those who wish to peek behind the paywall for free. Uh, And this episode will be there both in audio and video formats. I'll continue to post a video there immediately. So when I post, when you hear the audio, check locals and the video should be there too, assuming that there is a video version. I just posted the November and uh, October and November episodes to YouTube and this one will go up on YouTube after the January episode comes out on both both the podcast version and the Locals video version. So come on over and join the community at echozoe.locals.com. Also, Lord willing, the January episode will be out early in the month, maybe even on the 1st. Michelle Leslie is coming back for another episode. And we don't have a topic nailed down just yet, but I think it's going to be uh, about Christian liberty if we don't have any unforeseen scheduling issues, that, that episode should be up on or shortly after New Year's Day. Show notes for this episode are available at echozoe.com slash 164, and that's where you'll find uh, an outline of the discussion, a list of scriptures that we refer to during the show, and additional resources, and also related episodes from the Echozoe radio archives. With that, let me bring Andrew and Fred into the discussion. Fred Mann and Andrew, glad to have you back. This is our fourth annual roundtable. Is it really? I thought it was third, man. I thought it was the third one. Well, we've just had so much fun that it just goes by quickly, right? Well, Uh, 2020 was kind of just that year of a blip. Like, yeah, I just wanted to forget about that. That's right. Yeah, everybody's trying to put that. It's like the Thanos snap year. I think the whole decade is going to be a reboot. I think the whole decade is going to end up being like that. That's the way it's going. We're just going to want to erase it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have people that are trying to do a whole lot of erasing of history right now anyway. Yeah. yeah. This well, <laughs> that's true. That's true. So we're, I think we're going to be a little bit more loosey goose than we have been in the past. Normally we've kind of walked through the topics of the year and talked about them. And I want to do, a little bit more like I did with Chris Honholtz in, uh, was that about April or May? But um, mm-hmm. 
but not necessarily limit it to past discussions. So if you've got something else that you want to talk about, you're welcome to do it. And I think we're just going to go around. So I'm going to start with Fred. Like, what's our first topic for tonight? Well, I was going to say uh, the one that I kind of remember was the on the dangers of conspiracy theories. And the reason why is because I've become like a conspiracy theorist within the last year. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, was that one like, was, that one that was, was like was, right before we did the, the King James only, which was also a conspiracy theory type thing. It was, it is. Right? Oh, well, I mean, you were trolling the King James in the yeah. title of your book. Yes. That was probably my favorite episode out of all of the ones this year. But talking about conspiracy theories? No, the, oh, the King one James. Oh, the, the King one. James. Okay. <laughs> uh, but no, the guy that was right before me, Steve. Steve Gretsch. Gretsch. Yep. <clears throat> Just talking about conspiracy theories and the dangers of those conspiracy theories. And, uh, you know, it's, I'm glad that you write up the little summations because I can, I don't have to go back and listen to the whole thing again. I can kind of read what I'm read what was, but I I'm glad those him. get used because that takes time to do those. Yeah, I know. I was, it was very helpful because it gives me some understanding of what's, you know, what's kind of the outline flow of the discussion. But yeah, the whole, uh, his whole thing there with regards to just uh, how conspiracy theories, uh, you know, obviously conspiracy theories can be a problem. They're not, uh, you know, people allow themselves to be consumed with the unknown and mysteries and that kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. um, I make a, you know, I kind of make a comment there at the front. It's like, it's interesting how everything that we usually would think we would label conspiracy theories has become something of a uh it's some of something of reality that's what i thought was well there's a meme going right now that's uh alex jones was right oh yeah i mean that and um <laughs> some of that stuff he was right with uh you know because but he had general his general principles if you go back and listen to the mm-hmm. um you go back and listen to the uh just listen to the episode. Uh, he just, he's got some good, a good general understanding of conspiracy theory. It shouldn't be something that um, we allow ourselves as believers to be consumed with and allow it to shape our lives. Um, I remember back, you know, in, in the early two thousands after nine 11, I had believers who were really convinced that it was all a, a government conspiracy to, destroy the finances and to create a one world religion. And so they would use all of these uh, conspiracies about the buildings being detonated and all this other stuff. And I mean, obviously stuff like that's ridiculous. And I there are believers who actually think that it was a conspiracy that NASA had the moon launch and that men have never been to the moon, that that was all a conspiracy to uh, sort of make our name great among the, um, international community or whatever it is and uh i mean obviously those are stupid but like for example sorry i'm just that, i'm just enjoying seeing andrew's reaction <laughs> facial to, expressions uh, here as well, you're talking he believes that the uh, men have never gone to the moon so he's laughing well but him. i heard that he's he's no. a flat earther from what i heard is that yeah, true is there any truth to that too. yeah there's absolutely no truth to that at all um but yeah, the whole concept of just um, 
for example, with the COVID uh, getting the vaccine and how, you know, there is now coming uh, clear that there are some serious health risks with this taking this vaccine. Well, last year, if you wouldn't even talk about that, you got banned off social media and branded a conspiracy theory and a QAnon person and all oh, this other hold on, stuff. Hold on, hold on, not really. Because if you if you believed that the, the vaccines were dangerous prior to the election, you were honorable. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. That's what I, I mean. Know. Biden. You know, Harris, it's funny you say that because because my wife had a uh, vax mandate come up at work and she was asked, did you get it? And of course she said no. And she contemplated, do we say we got it? She, she was thinking about maybe bending a little bit and saying, well, in her own mind, at least we think we had the virus. So maybe that's as good as a vaccine. And I identify as vaccinated. Is exactly. That, that count? No, it doesn't count. But we decided in the end, well, the, the worse is coming. Let's just be honest. It'll save us trouble later. Let's, let's, yep. get, let's respond to them the way they would define the terms. Mm-hmm. and uh it ended up being the right thing to do but um yeah i told her at one point just say well i agreed with i i completely agree with biden and harris and what they said back in uh, september october last year this is a new it's a new sort of technology with vaccines and it may not be the smartest thing for us to rush this through and and uh, you know, and not to take it, and now it's clear that you um you could very well have some adverse health effects with this, and uh, mm-hmm. you know it's we don't want to be that. You what you, you want to be cautious about that. Well, to even suggest this such a thing is like you're a conspiracy theory. You're a conspiracy theorist. Well, really, I mean, <laughs> it's not an un that's not an unfounded reality. It's not. Yeah. You know, it goes on. It's, it's all that kind of stuff. And so when I say that, you know, now I'm a conspiracy theory. We've we've spent the last year, 18 months being gaslighted by our civil authorities yep. and having the goalposts changed and all this other stuff and things that were cons- that were called like the whole thing with the um, the virus may have leaked from a lab in China. Well, that was originally conspir- considered a conspiracy theory. Uh, pushed by Tom Cotton. Well, we know that that's probably what happened. I mean, it's, just, I mean, it's amazing. I actually think it's worse than that. that. Yeah, probably. I, I don't think it was it. accidentally uh, escaped. I, I'm starting to think that it was deliberately released at the World Military Games in October. Well, well here's here's the thing. It think, might have been. Like, everything that they said was conspiracy when Trump was president is they're now willing to say actually happened. <clears throat> and and so I I do think it was purposely released. But the reason why I think it was released may be different than what most people argue. <clears throat> because Americans typically focus on American uh, politics and mm-hmm. not world politics. Think back at the time, what was the big issue back then? There were two major issues. One, Trump had just done a trade deal with China that where they were losing out. Two, you, and this is the thing you have to understand, right now, China is on the verge of bankruptcy. They're they're about to their housing market is about to collapse and they need cash. They need Hong Kong. They were supposed to wait 50 years. They weren't. They were making aggressive moves to take over Hong Kong. If you remember, they had the the police could not battle the number of people in Hong Kong that were protesting. And the protesters were ahead and they were winning. And then what happens? This virus comes out and everyone's got to go inside. 
And they were the first ones to say everyone has to be inside to prevent the spread. And the rest of the world followed that. We, we now know that statistically, uh, just as many people died in 2022 and actually less people died in 2020 and 2021, we have a little bit more, but statistically 2021 to 2019 is the same. If we have all this new deaths, then what's going on? The, the death rate didn't change. So I, I do think it was purposely released and it was done so to, you know, to put a stop to Hong Kong. And, but what I do think ended up happening um, is I, I think they, they took advantage of it, the, the rest of the world's reaction to say, oh, oh, now we can go after and get ready to take over Taiwan. We'll get Biden, we'll pay for Biden to be president. And, you know, after what he did in Afghanistan, hey, he's, I mean, Russia's going, I mean, we're right now, America's given everything for Russia. We sh first thing he does, shut down the pipeline, make us dependent on foreign oil. Now, all we have to do is put, Biden just needs to sign a thing for sanctions. He won't do it. Who's going to get all the oil? They're going to, Russia's going to come into Ukraine and he, they get the oil. And so basically the two major powers that have benefited from, from 2020, 2021 is China and Russia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now here, yeah, how about this angle to conspiracies? Now that we're talking about this, the video version of this show probably never should go on YouTube, right? Yeah. You can't even, you can't, you're going to put it on rumble or something. Oh yeah. I can do that. <clears throat> well, it'll be, it'll be up on locals right away. So if you want to see, and it'll be in front of the paywall. So if you want to see the video, come on local echozoe.locals.com. But the plan was before we started talking about YouTube stuff that they demonetize and, and well, you, ban you know they, people for they took down on me. You, this, this is going to blow you away. I, I had a video. I, so I went to see uh, Kenneth Copeland at one of his conferences. This was for research purposes. Justin and I were, <laughs> were in that area. So we went and saw it. But what he said in March, or sorry, in August of 2021, he said that he has a lot of respect for COVID. It's killing a lot of people right now. Oh. Now think back what he said in March of 2020. He blew COVID away. God, he, God gave him a prophecy that was going to be end much sooner than, than we think. Mm. He, he declared an immediate vaccine and an end to COVID. And over a year and a half later, he's saying, I got to respect it. It's killing people. All I did was go to his website and grab. You played his video and they kicked you off YouTube for that? They, they booted me because for medical misinformation. And I went, wait, I, I appealed it and said, but this has nothing to do with COVID. This has to do with Copeland. It's <laughs> And the response was, we, we reviewed this very carefully and we're going to, we're kicking you. Okay. So yeah, they but didn't my experience has been that they don't, they still have his videos up there. And I said yeah. that in the thing, I said, his videos are still up. Yeah. My experience with that is that they, they don't really review things. No, they, they run it through an algorithm and, and if the algorithm comes back and, 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 and says the same thing it said the first time, they just say, no. Uh, appeal denied yep well at any rate that guy did a great job sort of framing our mindset as believers so, so we have all of these conspiracies that we're sort of recognizing that are real life now mm -hmm. how do we understand that in light of god's word and being spirit-filled believers do we give up hope do we panic do we think that god is out of control well of course not Yep. And that should be our focus. 
yeah, Steve is a friend and goes to church with me. And, uh, and I was having a tough time kind of at the beginning of the year with all the stuff that was going on. And, and he came mm-hmm. on because Steve did a lot to help, help me get through that. And, uh, and then he liked what he liked being on so much. He started his own podcast too. So mm, no, it's called uh, a different drummer and he just does short little shows records on his phone. And, um, uh, they're, they're about the promises of God. He goes through different promises of God. So one episode will be, you know, he'll have a specific verse about a specific promise and right, just talk right. about that for like 10 minutes. And yeah. Andrew. You want the well, next topic? Uh, sure. I, I, my favorite episode this year and sorry, Fred, <clears throat> it wasn't here. <laughs> no. and, and I, but I'm going to, I'm going to claim this before Fred jumps on this because I'm surprised he didn't start with this one. But my favorite episode this year was our fellow Christian, uh, Christian podcast community podcaster, Gene Clyatt with the early oh, uh, yeah. reformation. I mean, first off the amount of material that you guys covered. I, that I, was you guys. No, that was Gene. Gene, okay. <laughs> I'm not taking I mean, credit for that. He did a yeah, good I mean, job. It was kind of like you wound him up and let him go. And, yeah. But no, I like. I don't know if that was just off the cuff, and if it was, that even blows my mind even more because he packed in so much, yeah. and I love studying history, yeah. and yet there were things I was like, wait, I didn't know that. Like, I that was the episode I had to go back and listen a second time because it was like I missed some things. Oh, Even I know I up things and it, that I episode, heard it live. I edited it. I think I may, might've gone back after editing to do the show notes. So I listened to it three times then. And then in the last few days, in order to get ready for tonight, I listened again. And I still think like I said in that episode, I need a yarn board so I can keep track. Yeah. So he, he does a podcast called squirrel chatter. That's that you can find it at oh, Christian hold, podcast community. Hold up. I am having a little issue here. I just yeah, got I a that. note. Oh, you see that too? So you have a free account on Zoom, don't you? Oh, I do. So we only have a certain amount of time. Is this a new thing? No, it used to be 40 minutes, but I guess you're going to do some editing. Yeah. You want to switch over to my Zoom now? Yeah, why don't we do that? We're going to take a little pause because I'm getting a um, a, a message from Zoom. It's been a long time since I did Zoom. I've been doing nine minutes if you want to finish it up. Yeah, why don't we talk about... We'll, we'll go through the English Reformation and then we'll take a little break and switch over to another Zoom. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, what we saw with Gene is now the reality is Gene is one of these guys that typically is a slow talker mm. and yet it was more like a fire hose. <laughs> it really was. I mean, he went through like all of church history there in England in one hour. Mm-hmm, it was, mm-hmm, it was incredible. Yeah. And the way he weaved everything so you can see, this is the thing I always say about teaching history. If you get one good person who teaches history well, you, you remember that teacher yeah. because that's the one that really brought history alive. Gene did that. I mean, he just, he just showed you how each thing affected the next and affected the next. And this person affects that person. And this is what's going on over here and here. And it was just amazing. So you, you can sit there and go, Here's what happened in history with these people. It, it really was, I thought, the, the best episode. He, he gets into explaining even some of where squirrel chatter and, you know, the piney woods and all that, which was really neat. But to go through that the way he did, it, and I, again, I say, if that was off the cuff just from his, his knowledge base without having to look up in books and prepare, 
then I'm thoroughly, thoroughly and more impressed. I, I'm not sure, but I, I, I tend to think that that was more off the cuff. Wow. The, um, his, yeah, he brought to life all of those characters that we hear about and these individuals who shape English Reformation history, you know, like William Tyndale and, and uh, Nicholas Ridley, all of these men, um, and just gave some really excellent background to them. Uh, even King Henry the eighth and sort of his marriages and what that was all about and all the political intrigue. Mm -hmm. So that episode is well worth the time going back and just listening to it. And, um, the digest digesting what he talks about. It was very well done. It's worth going back to again and again. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's like repeat the history of repeating that episode over and over. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I think it'd be fun to have him back to do another, another history thing. Oh, I, I please do. Please do. Yeah. Well, should we, uh, pause? Yeah, yeah, the Christian podcast community is a cohesive group of like-minded podcasters proclaiming the truths of Christ with expertise and passion in the areas of theology, church history, Christian living, evangelism, apologetics, parenting, homeschooling, sermons, much, much more. So check us out at christianpodcastcommunity.org One stop for all your favorite Christian podcasts. christianpodcastcommunity.org Back to us. Alright, so you guys each picked one. Um, I would love your takes on the the kind of out of nowhere one that I had with Chris Honholtz on the, uh, what verse was that? Where, where um, everything was covered. Pardon? Where every topic was covered. The Matthew 27, 51 to 53 about yeah, the, the graves yeah. opening up. Yeah. And he talks about, um, Beth Moore. Yeah. Well, specifically there was four topics that we did with Chris. But but I'm specifically asking you guys' take on uh, at the time of the crucifixion when it says in Matthew 27 that the yeah that's a um, that's an interesting passage and I certainly believe that the bodies of these saints whatever that was did rise from the dead. Mm -hmm. I, I, I well Matthew says all, they did. Yeah, no, but yeah. all of the, well the thing is is that if you are one of these hoity-toity elite type academic commentators. Um, you're supposed to try to, um, especially evangelicals, uh, commentators, you try to explain that away in some kind of metaphor or some sort of uh, expression and is talking about Jesus's victory or something like that. I even remember the Bible answer man is suggesting such a thing that this, this was, was Hank Hanegraaff sort of, or the first Hank, Bible. Um, Hank Hanegraaff, not Walter um, Martin, though. Not Walter Martin, but Hank Hanegraaff at some point. I've, I vaguely remember that, him talking about this being a uh, a passage that didn't really happen. And is it Mike Lacona? There were some other guys who were um, 
you know, were getting in trouble because they claimed to be an errantist, but they doubted the, the uh, reality of this passage, that this was some sort of either, you know, some kind of an addition, which I don't think there's any proof of it being a uh, variant or anything like that. They kind of put it in the same category as the last 12 verses of Mark, you know, mm-hmm. but it's very clear that something happened that was spectacular. And what and Matthew's the only one that records it. It's those three verses there. Mm-hmm. And um, whatever that was, did those individuals go with him into heaven whenever he ascended into heaven as sort of the first fruits of the resurrection? Or did he um that's you know, the they question. die again like Lazarus? I mean, it's just he just sort of goes by it like it's like, oh yeah, and this happened. Yeah. And you're just like, wait, 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 wait. Can you go back and <laughs> talk about that more? <laughs> but see, know? that's one of the things I claim for you know to the validity of scripture because what you end up seeing is you have just this comment being mentioned that if this was a man-made book, you wouldn't just do that. Any man-made book, they explain that. They expand, they don't just put a comment like that in there and move on. Mm-hmm. And that's what God does, though, he, yep. because to him, it was like, OK, this is what I, he did. And now he's going to talk to someone else. And just, wait, what? Like any human author, you look at the Book of Mormon, you look at the Quran, you look at any of those. And what do you have when, when they have something like this? They go into detail to explain it. Right, right. He, this this is something you see God doing is where he just he mentions this happened and he continues on. Yeah, it's just so nonchalant. It'd be like telling you the story of my day, and then just uh, well, I was walking along the street, and I I looked down, and there was a I, I saw a lottery ticket, and I checked the numbers, and it turned out it was worth a hundred million dollars, and and I just keep going on as if like that was just like like nothing, nothing, right? Yeah, and it talks about the veil of the temple was torn into. Some people, you know, they they take that as meaning. Well, what that is is that you know God Christ's death made access to you know, to the heavenlies and they were able to get now they stand before God justified. And the whole idea of tombs were opened was how Christ, you know, conquered death and the saints, you know, that, you know, these saints that have fallen asleep in the past, you know, the old Testament saints are now in the, in the presence of the Lord. That's kind of how they try to go around that. But I'm like, I can't, you just, why can't you just believe in what it says? They apparently came out of their tombs after his resurrection and they entered the no, Holy no, city. No. It says that they, at the crucifixion, that, so they rose before Jesus rose. This was on Friday. Well, here it says that the, the tombs were opened and many bodies of the saints had, that had fallen asleep were raised. Yeah, that was coming, right when Jesus died that that happened. Right, well, yeah, and at, at the coming out of the tomb and coming out of the tombs, after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. So at some point, they came to the holy city. So were your, was your uncle who died, you know, someone who was like, you know, you just had died like maybe a few years ago. All of a sudden, he's standing there before you. You're like, oh, my gosh, you know. I mean, they obviously knew that something happened, and it was something supernatural about what Christ did. That would have been some kind of affirming sign that perhaps – this resurrection was something to it than just him dying and rising from the dead. But well, I think the yeah. big question is like, not that it happened. I, I, it happened. Clearly it happened. Mark yep. says it happened. 
scriptural yeah, inerrancy. I'm, I'm it happened. What, the question is, what happened next? Like, where are these people? Did they ascend? Did they die? Did they go and die again? Did they? Like, yeah, that's the question. They, they, they're of. still alive today, and they like you know they have a secret society <laughs> where they meet together and they that's control the government. Theory, Fred. That's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> that's what it is. They're like the Highlanders, you know, from that movie. And Fred you just birthed a new conspiracy theory. <laughs> is this like the anti-Bilderbergs? Yeah, that's what it is. They work together against all of the Illuminati. They're like the anti-Illuminati. So they're, they're countering the moves of the Illuminati. The counter-Illuminati. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. No, they were probably normal people who, you know, they had every people experienced this limb, this um, what was obviously a limited, miraculous event. Whether they went to heaven with the Lord at his ascension 40 days later or 50 days later, I wouldn't know. I mean, the text is silent, or if they lived like Lazarus, and um, you know, well, who's to say Lazarus didn't go to heaven with the Lord whenever he went to heaven? Yeah, that's you know. a good point. We don't know for sure on Lazarus, do we? We all assume no. that he died again. We just assume that he died again. But whatever the case, it's just the Bible is just weird. Like Andrew says, it just sort of makes this passing reference to that. And you're like, oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like oh. you were saying earlier about like, this was before we started. You were talking about your debate with the Filipino guy. And he was, he talked about the, the um, Genesis 6, 4. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So what he, what he was claiming, so to give context for folks that didn't watch the debate, I did a debate uh, with a guy from Philippines uh, that's available at Strong Fraternity YouTube channel called Calvinism is useless and dangerous. And he got stuck with some passages like Philippians 129, where it says that God has, has uh, for Christ, for God's sake, not only to believe, but to suffer. So God gives us or grants us belief and suffering. And he, he that was a problem for him. But uh, he then got into John 3, 16, and, and uh, I think it was Romans 5, 8. And he's like, well, who's the, who's the world that God loves here? And all I did was read the next two verses. Oh, no. And it defines it. And he says, no, like these are, these, we just take these verses, they're standalone verses. And, and literally I, I said to him, I said, you do realize that the verses weren't added for like seven or 800 years after the Bible was written, right? It was more than that. And he, and he just looked at me like, huh? <laughs> so I don't think he even knew that. You know, it's like, yeah, the, the, the verse numbers aren't inspired. And okay. so th there aren't such things as standalone verses. <laughs> now, now so, so what do you do with a verse, a passage like this, where he would say it's a standalone? It has nothing to do with the context. Yeah, the giants so in the land. To do with the context. Right. It's it's telling an account. Uh, you know, here's what happened, and here's what happened, and yeah, it mentions this happening, and there's no other reference to it. That doesn't mean it's standalone. It means it's within the context of the events that happened with yeah. the crucifixion of Christ. Right, and whatever that is, we have limited information about what happened after. And Correct. Who are these people? How many of them there were? could have just been a handful like maybe seven or eight people for all we know but you're talking about matthew 27 matthew 27 yep um i i should bring it up again because it's been a while since i read it but i thought it said there was like hundreds that came out of the grave uh well here's what it says in the esv um because that's what you, you got it on. yeah so it says and behold uh the curtain of the temple was torn in two 
from the top to the bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split, and the tombs were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection. So there is the context there. There's telling different events that occurred, the, mm -hmm. the curtain being ripped from the top to the bottom. I mean, that's, a, that's like a three-inch cloth. Mm -hmm. That is an easy rip. That's, you're not going to just take your bare hands and rip that. But it's also like, I forget if it's 18 feet in the air or 24 mm -hmm. feet in the air. So it's not like you're getting up there and ripping that. So the fact that it rips from top to bottom is significant. And, and then it just is like, oh, and then lots of people, just as many, many. people. So even there, I'm reading into it when I, I say mean, it hundreds. could be people who were connected to his ministry, saints or holy ones, people who may have died that, you know, during the time of Christ or they're, they're at before something. I mean, I don't know. Uh, we got as many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep. Yeah. Could be anything. Many, many, many could be dozens, could be thousands, could be. Thousands would be a lot of folks. Yeah, it would. Especially back then, what was the population of the earth in 30 AD? No. It was like 10 million or something. It wasn't that big. I'm just making, I, I, I'm just kind of guessing, but it wasn't right, that right. much. When I say 10 million, right. I'm, I'm throwing, throwing a number out Look there. Look at um, Andrew. Is, he's uh, Googling it. He's Googling He's duck, it. duck, going it. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell us. They can only kind of speculate. They don't. Yeah. Entirely. So that number um, actually comes from something. I, I watched a while back. Answers in Genesis had a, fa a really fantastic uh, series about genetic history where Ken yeah, Ham yeah. interviewed this geneticist at Answers in Genesis about the genetic history of the human population and uh, I'll, I'll see if I can find it and put a link in the show notes because it really was, like, fascinating. It's like 30 different hour-long episodes or 25 episodes an hour long going through and really? tracing genetic history of different people groups and stuff. And, yeah, I'll find it for you guys. I'll put it in the it's show on notes. It's the Answers in Genesis yeah, website. It was a, yeah, they did it, like, kind of towards the beginning of the this pandemic. You know, when people were looking for stuff to do, they just – it was Ken and this guy did it over Zoom and recorded it and put it up online. Wow. Fascinating stuff. But yeah, he talks about that, about the population and different periods in time in history. And I mean, there were it, populations were a lot lower in history than you might think. You know, we look back and you think, oh, there must have been like 100 million Egyptians during the Pharaoh times of the Pharaohs. And oh, it was probably like two or three million, maybe. Mm hmm. <laughs> you know. And by the time of the Exodus, there was what, maybe a million Hebrews? Something like that. Some people they had to dispute yeah. that. And I think it's could have been, I mean, no more, no less than a hundred thousand for sure. There sure. are some there are some reasonable um understandings of what how many people came out of the yeah, out of Egypt. It wasn't just a handful of people, but it wasn't it may not be two million. No, the I think the number I've heard is 3 million Jewish people came out of Egypt. Um, 
I actually, you and know, even that is that sometimes based on assumptions because uh, it, it'll tell you how yeah, many men there were, yeah. and then you just assume women and children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I actually many many years ago, uh, back in the in the early nineties, I actually wrote a computer programmer to calculate birth rates and and death rates uh, based on you know looking through the biblical account of how many people how the ages of how long someone gave birth. Mm-hmm. Um, when they would start, when they, roughly when they'd end, how many children they could possibly have had in that time to calculate. And there's a reason I did that, <clears throat> taken into the fact that after the flood, it changes. I did it because I was actually, it was one of the things I did looking into Mormonism. And I, I wanted to have creative ways to show to Mormons that the Book of Mormon is not possible. In the 1800s, when the Book of Mormon is written, the death rate in wars was much higher than it was in the time of Christ and before. And so they, you know, Joseph Smith didn't take that into account when he tells his stories and how many people were dying. And so I wrote a program to calculate the birth rate, death rate on average, you know, taking, then looking historically of the historical numbers. And I had calculated that for the, because when there's more people on earth, when they go to war, the more people die in war. So when there's fewer people on earth, the numbers are much smaller. But mm-hmm. to justify the numbers that the Book of Mormon says was happening here in North America, they had to have a birth rate that was 15 times the normal birth rate. Wow. Right, right, right. Okay, to justify the death rate that they occurred. And, and then you had to have such a huge death rate to explain why there were so few Native Americans so so it doesn't it, like it it totally doesn't work out now i know it's interesting you talk about that because that series i was talking about does talk about uh vast amounts of people that we can see genetically had to have been wiped out it's not gonna justify the mormons numbers but yeah he he does talk about how there were whole civilizations in the americas that would have been wiped out and then another group comes behind yeah, but but the thing is, like you you now I didn't I did not check when doing that I didn't check okay how many people could have been in Israel and coming through from from you know you start with you know Israel's twelve sons you know calculate that out four hundred twenty years but we can do that math and that's and that's what people have done <clears throat> so it's not like it's an uneducated guess of the three million it is. The, the population rate, average population rate, starting with the numbers that we know of times the, the number of years we know of, you, you can calculate out. Mm-hmm. And that's what they've done to come to the 3 million. Is it an exact number? No, yeah. it's, it's a rough guess based on normal, really based on the normal birth rates that we know of today and back then. You know, we can, we can kind of guess mm-hmm. for back then. Mm-hmm. Now, I did hear you tell that story recently. I was listening to an interview you did with Jay Warner Wallace, and I think you brought it up there. Oh, wow. Okay. I might have. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a good episode, by the way. Check that out. If, okay. Yeah. That, that was on my Rap Report podcast. Yeah. Not too long ago, if I remember. Yeah. Yep. Fred, you got yes. a topic for us? Another topic? Well, the other one I was going to say, and I just because I want to mention him is Jim Rennard. <laughs> in him talking about his life in his small town the only the main reason is because i follow him and interact with him a lot on twitter he is like the uh brother from a different set of parents or something i don't know mm-hmm. how you would describe it we have a lot of similarities and uh 
likes and dislikes and think about the same way. I think we're about the same age and everything. It's kind of funny that I just, we sort of bumped up. I've never met him in real life. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I like following his adventures there in uh, Southern Illinois in Robertson. I think he's in Robertson. Sounds about Illinois. And I'm just, I was like, you know, if I could live in a small town, (laughs) I don't know if I'd (laughs) want to live in Southern Illinois just because it's Illinois, but. You know, just uh, and if you had like well, a we were just talking by, before before we started. We were talking about you moving to Texas. Yeah, yeah. So I, I bet you could get Jim to move to Texas too. There you go. Maybe you got. But again, you got to have a you have to have a job to go to. Jim likes barbecue, <laughs> and and Texas is known as. Uh, well, look when when yeah, Texas succeeds from the union, you're going to want to go to the free oh, country. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jim's um, hit my favorite things are his uh, food pictures. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start roasting this chicken or I'm <laughs> going to start smoking this chicken. And he kind of gives you these little update pictures. And, uh, you know, that's his- how I connected to him. I was trying to learn how to cook ribs and somebody said, oh, you got to connect with Jim. He's a rib guy. Uh, yeah, he does an okay job. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed. I- I've often thought about maybe getting a Traeger just because of his uh he should get videos. a commission on those yeah i know you think they would give him a free one that he can just mail to me you know <laughs> so i can start using it um yeah that and we want to get a big griddle too so that we can cook outside and <laughs> well since you I brought him up and the whole point of that episode was to talk about church small life towns. well yeah. it wasn't just it was church life and yeah, he was specifically coming small from small town angle yeah 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 why don't you share a little bit of your complete opposite end of the spectrum you're (laughs) going into a gigantic big church yeah exactly (laughs) the city-sized church (laughs) no we're not quite a city yeah well your church is probably bigger than his old town i will say this that uh, the thing i've loved about living in grace or living in los angeles going to grace is that you la being this metropolitan city you bump up against people who are from all over the world everywhere and you get to enjoy their food and their culture and i appropriate culture all the time <laughs> i take their food i learn how to cook i think my favorite two international foods right now is mexican and uh chinese probably and um that's cooked really good yeah you're, um, probably, you're probably not appropriating chinese you're probably appropriating american chinese so no 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 the, the chinese Tex-Mex and like, american chinese yeah well tex-mex is not here um they just say that it's just so chinese that it's got like squid and fish and all this other fish heads on it and all this other stuff. i'm like oh my gosh um i'm not a big fan of that i'm more probably what he's talking about it's the uh americanized version of that uh, but yeah it's so you just, do taco bell on the mexican side i haven't that? been to a taco bell like in years i'd rather go over to dario's he but he, notice he didn't say as, as like a good politician he didn't say that that's not what he considers <laughs> yeah, that is not mexican i don't all think, right what del taco what do you do we don't do i don't do any we go to dario's or we'll go to um even um Baja Fresh is better and Dario's is a local joint here in town. That, Must be, I never heard of it. And whenever we um whenever anyone visits, we try to take them over there. I'll buy you this 
some um, excellent pulled pork burritos and all that stuff. You know, it's great. Homemade tortillas. But yeah, oh, I mean, well, just, you can get it, those at Chipotle almost. Um, sort of kind, but it's not the same. <laughs> I mean, that's the uh, thing. But, they stick out those little balls and they put them in that little press. Andrew's like, yeah, ready yeah. Lots, of, bust lots of people down do there. that, but it's not the same. It's different. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> this show was going so well. <laughs> you got to go to echozoe.locals.com so you can see Andrew's reaction when we talk about Tex-Mex. It's not Tex-Mex. Tex-Mex is not here. This is Mexican... Cali Mex. You're actually going to leave this into the episode. Yeah, <laughs> <So> I am. <laughs> I don't think I've eaten good Mexican food anywhere outside of Southern California. I've gone to other places, and I think there was one time we tried to go someplace in Georgia and somewhere else that we went, maybe Montana once, and I was just like, nah, it's not the Do you same. notice he hasn't answered the question? What's, yeah. that, what's the question? Well, but life at your big church. Oh, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, <laughs> I'm, you guys keep interrupting me, and put the journey on hold but yes all of that to say that you have a great because of that metropolitan angle to los angeles you definitely you definitely um have that in the church and you can encounter people from all over the world and obviously being part of a major ministry like john MacArthur and him being the preacher and grace to you uh, people come from everywhere to come to shepherd's conference. And so you got that going for you. I've, it's just been a blessing to be here. And, and honestly, even though we're a huge church, I mean, we have, you know, I think four or 5,000 members, 6,000 members. I'm not sure our thing, but definitely bigger uh, than Jim's hometown. Yes. I know it's bigger than Jim's hometown, but the, the thing is, is you, there is a camaraderie and a fellowship, even in a, that big church that I don't think I've encountered anywhere else, mm-hmm. you know, even growing up in Arkansas and Missouri and places like that before I moved out here. I just we just had a big birthday or a birthday party, Christmas party yesterday for my volunteers and um, on Thursday, I think it was. And we um and just the camaraderie and just being there with these dear saints who've probably been around grace for years and years and years, mm-hmm. everyone loving each other, serving each other. I mean, it was really a sweet, it's just a really sweet place. And I, you know, and it's nowhere else like it. I mean, every church is going to be different and it's going to have its blessings. And no, I, mean, we I, got our, I understand your church is, it's not, it's not just big, but it's structured. It's got an interesting structure to it. Like, how's that? Like how you have these groups that are with you, like it's it's big, but then it's broken up into smaller and smaller and smaller groups. Oh yeah, we have what are called fellowship groups, which I guess would be a Sunday school class if you're in a smaller church. But like I go to Grace Life, Grace Life has like maybe 350 people in it, mm-hmm. and then inside Grace Life you'll have like Bible studies, home Bible studies. We don't go to a home home Bible study just because where we are in our season of life, we got kids doing stuff every night with sports and things like that but mm-hmm. um one of the things fred that with you mentioned the the family life group the the, the fellowship groups is we had a guy that was candidating in one of the churches i was at years ago and he he wasn't in a pastoral position where he was the preaching pastor mm-hmm. and i remember one of the deacons saying he didn't want to consider the guy because well he hasn't actually been like in a pastoral role and i'm like well he has this fellowship group 
Right, right, right. And he goes, and, and he goes, well, that's just a Sunday school. I said, yeah. And his Sunday school is twice the size of our church. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's that's and true. That's who he's he 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 will he's the shepherd of those people. So yes, he is yeah. shepherding a church twice the size of ours, just within a much larger church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's certainly um, I mean, you've got several of those, and they meet um, because we're so we're obviously limited into how big we can be. Um, Usually you have Sunday school classes or fellowship groups that meet the first hour. We have two hours at Grace. So the first few hour, the first hour, you'll have a few fellowship groups meeting. And then the second hour, everybody switches places. So like the uh, the college department uses our space when we uh, get done after the first hour. So we vacate and they all these kids come in. They do college in our Sunday school class or in the gym, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, it's a, uh, but even in that huge number, I mean, it's just the folks that are there, lots of people that you can depend on, everyone eager to serve one another. I've never seen that anywhere. I mean, even back home when I was, you know, smaller churches that I've been in college and everything, you'd have some kind of problem or something. It'd be hard to find someone to help you move or to help you, you know, you'd have to kind of scrounge around here. I'd have like, it's like unlimited resources. You just kind of throw out, Hey, I got to move with you people who wanted to help me. Oh yeah, I'll come. You know, it'll be, you know, 30 people there to help you move. It's great. And so it's quite a, it's just a different dynamic. I don't know if the, a lot of that's probably because we have a, a pastor who has established a solid ministry there. That's had its impact in the lives of the people over time. Um, and it's not to say, I mean, grace has got its problems and issues. Obviously it's a big church. Um, it's not going to be ran like a little church is probably ran and you're going to have decision-making and, you know, somebody, all of a sudden somebody's space is going to be disrupted because they're going to turn it into something else and they don't like it and they have to move. And, you know, you may not have those problems at a smaller church like you have at grace, but you know, we're not perfect and everyone's probably got their own place where they're loving the Lord and serving him, but it's been a wonderful, it's not your, it's not been with all the negative press that mega churches will get over the years. It's not been that experience for me at all. It's been quite the opposite and it's been a blessing. You know, Cool. Andrew, you moved from New Jersey to Pennsylvania yeah. A little while ago. So now my understanding, your church, you moved because of your church. So we, we moved out of the communist country of New Jersey into a little bit freer of uh, a state. Socialist, <laughs> a democratic socialist hey, at state. Least, of at least I can carry now. I can carry. So that's, I do enjoy that. But yeah, we moved out. Uh, You're talking we, about Fred's groceries. You carry Fred's groceries. No, no. I <laughs> carry guns. Now. Okay. Yeah. In New Jersey, you can't even you, you can't even talk about that, I think, without being arrested. But um, in fact, I'll, t- I'll tell you how bad the, the current governor of New Jersey is when he first got into office. He tried to outlaw uh, re- off duty police officers. And military and retired from carrying. I mean, Aren't those wanted- people that generally have like federal permits? Yeah, well, that's why they were able to they they argued, hey, we have a federal permit. And, um, you know, so it was. 
you know, they, they, they're, so what he was, all he was able to do is claim, he goes, well, you're not allowed to use your service weapon. So, okay. They have their own weapon. They can carry that off duty, but yeah. So they have some federal permits, but yeah. So we, we planted a church out here, um, which is, it's, it's, it's a neat to be part of it. You know, I've been part of, I think six church plants okay. over my life. So, um, but none ha- having started right from the, from the very scratch, you know, most of them that I've been in usually like they're between three to nine months old by the time I got there. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, it's, so it's, it's, it's hard moving to a new area though, especially aside from carrying, how's, years. how's the move to Pennsylvania going? Yeah. It's, you know, it's like, I was supposed to say it's, it's hard when you like New Jersey is one of these States where you live there all your life and it's a small state. You, you kind of learn where everything is and, you move to Pennsylvania and it's a big state, you know? And so there's, there's some getting used to, uh, I, I am dealing, you know, like Fred was saying, so I have to deal with the fact that I can't find really good Chinese food here <laughs> yet. Yeah, probably unless, not, I, unless I go into Philly and I'm not so thrilled with yeah. the idea of going into Philly, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it is, there's just getting used to with things and it's hard when, you know, you're shepherding people and, and they know the area. And they're talking you know, about things that I'm going like, I still haven't learned my way around yet. And so I'm trying to, you know, get around people, you know, because I don't have the idea yet of when people come to the church and say they're from an area, I don't know where that area is yet. And so it, it's going to come with time. Mm-hmm. And that, but that's one of the things that happens when you move. Uh, I, I will say that, you know, it was a, uh, you know, just moving out of New Jersey, you know, with the restrictions they had there were, it, I was happier. But uh, mm. if I could, I think Florida would probably be where I'd go. Yeah. Wouldn't we <laughs> yeah. all? Florida or Texas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's, it's but you interested know, you you mentioned Philly, and it and it dawned on me that we're all living like in areas where there are cities that just want to stay out of right now. You know, between <laughs> Los Angeles, I just saw something uh, where the police are telling people don't come here. Just to, just today, I think it was. I saw. Where was this at? Los Angeles police say telling people don't come here. Um, that's probably I wouldn't go down to LA. Yeah. I haven't gone down in LA in a long time anyway. Oh, Even is, when it was a good place to be, I wouldn't go down to LA. Philly. And and I haven't um, been in Minneapolis in two years. I, I just I go out of my way to not go into Minneapolis. Uh, the only time I've gone down to well, I take that back. I think the time that I've gone down to LA, usually we go to Griffith Park which is like a gigantic park, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's where they get, they got the observatory there. The oh, observatory okay. is amazing. Um, is that the one you see on all the TV place. shows? See it on TV shows. You see it in Terminator. You see it in, I think it was in uh, the Rocketeers, tons of movies. Okay. That, that, that's been, it got blown up in Terminator 2. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you see it get blown up too, too. Um, But yeah, it's a, it's a fun place. And if it's, and if you're there at night, um, and it's a clear evening. You can stand on the back terrace and look over Los Angeles, and it's just like an ocean of lights. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's cool. View. Cool. Well, I don't know where we are with time because of that little pause we had. I, I th- it is six fifteen. Yeah, we we've yeah we've recorded for fifty five minutes. Okay, because I stopped and then restarted. So yeah. Oh, okay. Well, why don't you pick a f- closing topic for us, then, Andrew? Well, I, okay. If I'm going to pl- pick a closing topic, 
It's going to be the one you did in October. Now, oh. You said you didn't have a guest in October and you did something that I love when hosts do this, especially interviewers like yourself who go and you're always interviewing others. And so we don't get to hear a lot about you. And so in October, you decided to share your own testimony. And that is something I always enjoy when I, you get to hear as someone who is a listener. So I'm going to put my be as a listener right now and tell you, as a listener, we get to know a little bit about you as you're interviewing people, but we feel like we know you, but we don't really know you because we just know little bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. And when you gave your testimony, it really, it opened up a whole lot more to who you are. Uh, give me more insight into you. So from a listener perspective, I got to really be like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. And I got to learn more about you. And so I feel like I know you even more now, granted, cool. you know, you and I know each other on a personal level where we can call each other on phone and we talk, but, yeah. but th this, these are things, you know, there's things that we've, you've never shared with me when we just have conversations that I got to hear in the podcast. I was like, Oh, wow. I didn't know that. And so I really liked that episode. Um, because of that, because well, it you. gave us as listeners insight into the host of the show that because you're always asking others to, to give, you know, you're asking others to talk back of their life. Yep. And, uh, and and we get the insight into your guests lives. But this was a special one because it gives us an insight into your life. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I was uh, I've been all year falling behind. You know, I, I've always kind of liked to try to get episodes up on the first of the month ends up being middle to end. Now we're in the middle of this month and I'll probably have us up in a few days, but um, I've been behind the whole year. And then we, we got the virus in early October and yeah, it just kind of worked out that I don't want to get a guest going because who knows how I'm going to be feeling and let's just go do it. And, and I uh, wasn't sure how it would go and uh, if that would be a, an episode people enjoyed or skipped over or whatnot. I'm glad to hear that uh, somebody got something out of it. Yeah, I find it interesting that um, Chuck Misler, Misler was one of the main influences in your life at the beginning. <laughs> he, yeah, and he always mispronounced. He always called it Messiah instead of Messiah. I thought he, I, I think he thought he was being biblical, or because he, <laughs> well, he Messiah a lot. He would Mes use that. The... Yeah. Well, he would say it with his hard Z sound, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what I got out of him that's that's stuck with me to this day is a love for verse by verse stuff. Because I got into oh, a yeah. lot of his verse by verse stuff, and he would always try to bring everything back to a pre or a, a pre trib Hal Lindsey type eschatology. It's it like everything was supposed to point yeah. in that direction, but in the end, I just did take away from it the love of going verse by verse even if i didn't always agree with the direction that he take it yeah lots of people do that now it's like everything is about theonomy or post-millennialism there's those groups that will talk about that or everything comes back to mm -hmm. some kind of christelic hermeneutic or something you know it's like okay well <laughs> can we go back to the verse by verse stuff because i was really benefiting <laughs> yeah well let, let me say this you know it, it is always a pleasure every year when, when you contact us and, and, you know, I, this started, a, I, I thought three years ago, so Fred and well, I, thought three well, years it ago. was three years ago, but it, yeah, we did it that and the fourth, but it's the fourth it, one. It, it's, you know, it's fun to do. It's, it's, I actually was looking forward to it this year going, I wonder if Andy's going to contact Fred and I to do it. <laughs> to do I, know. I know it's becoming a tradition, but, 
But uh, it, really what it is, is Fred and I just want to be your most popular guests. <laughs> I mean, so Fred did his, he did the one on his book this year. Yeah, so he's, he's trying to get out of you. At least one, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I have, um, I, I believe I have January lined up. We don't have a topic yet, but Michelle Leslie's coming on again. Huh? It's been a while That's since good. she's been on. I think we're going to do yeah, Christian Liberty. Sweetheart. A Christian what? She Liberty. just, she yeah, Christian Liberty. She uh, just had uh, DM'd me like yesterday on Twitter and said, hey, I want, you know, she's going to be talking about Christian Liberty. You on talk her own whether show. or not it's appropriate for women to wear leggings. <laughs> <laughs> That's my oh. Leggings are not pants. Yeah. yeah. Ask her about that. Well, she did an interesting show I, that I enjoyed on uh, head coverings. Oh, it yeah. was only like twenty yeah. minutes long, but uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. But then she she suggested Christian Liberty, so we'll see how that goes. It's not necessarily going to be the topic, but that's kind of where we're leaning at the moment. Well, now but, it uh, has to be because you just yeah. said it. Oh, well, I guess. So, <laughs> so, are you asking to come back for the one after that, Andrew? No. What is our topic going to be? Asking to be on. I'm just. <laughs> What's our topic going to be? I've got my friend Peter Sammons is going to release a book called um, something about. I don't remember the sovereignty of God and, ref- and the reprobation salvation and uh, just talking about the doctrine of reprobation. That was his thesis paper. Oh, okay. So when that book is released, you should get him on. He's an interesting, he is an interesting uh, interview. Okay. See if he can get me a copy. Um, I thought I reached out. Didn't I send you an email? He was asking for that. PNR who's publishing it. I think it's PNR. It's either them or okay. Baker. Somebody was publishing it, and they were like looking for people to send oh, it to. I don't, I don't remember hearing about him. You mm. often send me uh, suggestions for books, and there's a couple others you've sent me that I, I can't remember. Right I've kind of put on the list, and then the only trouble I have with books is that I, I'm usually like pressed for time, and then when I have to add in like you know, I really well, you're one read of those book. guys who wants to read it all before you interview. Yeah, the well, I think that's kind of like. <laughs> The respectful well, like thing to Dennis, do. Well, is, like Dennis Prager, where he just sort of, hey, I never read your book. I want you to tell me about it. So <laughs> like I can engage my interest into reading your book. That's another way to do it, I guess. But All right. Well, guys, I really enjoy, uh, enjoy having you on, and I thank you so much for setting the time aside to come back and do another one and uh, look oh, forward yeah. to 2022. Look forward to seeing you next year. Yeah, 2022. Let's, uh, I guess it's all going to be on my shoulders to try to get the November episode up earlier so we can do December on time. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, we won't have to work around Andrew's calendar. Well, we always got to work around Andrew's calendar. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to be so busy. <laughs> no. no, Andrew's got a service he uses and, and, when I, when I reach out to him, he says, yeah, pick a time. And then he's got the calendar and then we go pick the time that works. And, and then he says, no, that time doesn't work. Yeah. That, well, I, I, yeah, that was, well, like, just tell us event. what you do it. I had a family thing. I didn't realize to the need to be put on there. But, <laughs> well, that's half the fun though. Cool. Well, thanks guys for you. I'm sorry. All right. Forgive well, me. why don't you stick around and we'll have our proper goodbyes, but uh, thanks for the episode and uh, look forward oh, to next yeah. year. All right. Echo Zoe Radio is an outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries. If you are blessed by the show, please consider offering your support. There are many things you can do to help, including prayer, sharing the show with others, and your financial support. Echo Zoe Ministries is a registered nonprofit organization with 501c3 tax-exempt status. 
and your donations are tax deductible. For more information about how you can support EchoZoe Ministries, please visit echozoe.com support. That wraps up episode 164. Thanks for listening to EchoZoe Radio. For show notes, visit echozoe.com 164. Don't forget to check out Echo Zoe Ministry on Locals at echozoe.locals.com. That's L-O-C-A-L-S dot com. You can support the ministry there as well as interact with the community, and I look forward to seeing you there. Lord willing, we'll be back next month with the January episode of Echo Zoe Radio.